And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. And Mr. Luke Smith has joined me in the studio this afternoon, as he does every Friday afternoon, to talk all sorts of financial matters. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are we? Look, I can't complain. Look at the weather outside. Oh, it it's beautiful. Absolutely divine. Um, we should have more of it. So hopefully, what it we should do is put a recording on and go out and enjoy the fresh air and the sunshine. Hey, if, if the weather's good <laughs> next Friday, let's pre-record and no one will know. <laughs> We're here today to talk about catch-up concessional contributions, the what and the how. Of course, we've spoken about the difference between concessional and non-concessional contributions in the past. Mm. Uh, we might quickly start off with a quick recap of the difference between those before going on to what are catch-up concessional contributions. Exactly. So when we think super contribution, we always need to start with why am I making the contribution and what am I trying to achieve? Concessional contribution, we are claiming a tax deduction. Non-concessional contribution we are not claiming a tax deduction. Now, we can swap the word concessional for deductible if that's easier for people to understand the separation between the two. But fundamentally, we're always looking to say, am I eligible to make a super contribution of this type? Do I want to make it? What is the benefit for me? And what type am I going to make? So a deductible contribution is great because it allows you to bolster your super and lower your taxable income. A non-concessional contribution is great because it allows you to bolster your super and not pay any tax putting in money from what could already be a tax source. And that could be that you've sold a house, you've downsized your home, you've inherited some money, you've got residual capital from an investment in your own name that is already taxed and you just want to add to super, generally leading into retirement so that you can have as much as possible up to the legislated limits in a completely tax-free structure when you start an income stream. So today we're going to talk about expanding on concessional contributions and the wonderful legislation that was created for people to be able to catch up or make additional contributions for the space that they have in their annual limit going back to 2019. And if we, if we start there, it's a good idea to grasp how much can we put in? And most people are aware that $27,500 is the most you can put into super in a single financial year and claim a tax deduction. And that includes money that you put in yourself. That's money that comes under your employment agreement, regardless of how many jobs you have. It's not $27,500 per job. It's $27,500 per person from all sources where you're claiming a deduction. What this catch-up legislation allows us to do is to say, all right, what did I put into super in 2019? At the time, the limit was 25000 And you may have got $15,000 from work. That means you have $10,000 of cap space. Now, the catch-up legislation allows you to go back to 2019 because that's when the law was passed and add up from that point everything that you have not used relevant to the annual limit for that year. So in 19 and 20, the limit was 25,000. From 21 onwards, it indexed to 27,500. So in that little example I've got here, you could say in 2019, I had $10,000 of employer contributions. That gives me $15,000 of space. Same again in 2020. And if I put $10,000 in in 2021, I would have 17500 of space and that would apply for the 21, 22 and now 23 financial years. 
So you could actually go back and say in 2019, 2020, 21 and 22, I have 65,000 of available space that I could add to superannuation this year in addition to the annual 27,500 limit. Okay, so it doesn't reduce or impact this year's threshold. It maximizes the amount of money that you could put in. Now, why would you use it? You might want to lower your taxable income because your employment situation has changed. You may have sold an investment property and be staring down the barrel of a significant capital gain. So if you could maximize your deductions in the year that you sold that asset, you could significantly reduce the impact of the capital gains tax that would be payable because after all, capital gains tax is just income tax treated another way. Um, you could also then use it to bolster your superannuation with cash that you may not otherwise be able to get into the fund because you couldn't do it in that particular year. This legislation was actually created originally for mums. And I think it's one of the best pieces of legislation that the government has ever introduced in the superannuation environment because generally speaking, mums stay home and look after little kids so they're out of the workforce and not adding to their super. So give them the capacity to be able to bolster their super should they return to the workforce. It's a great initiative to be able to then sort of supercharge your contributions whilst managing your broader tax position from an income standpoint. So and it's, I, I guess it's, it's also appropriate and useful for other people that might have uneven income from year to year as well. Spot on. So it's great for contractors. It's a great for people that have been uh, potentially studying. So if you've had a sabbatical, um, improved your, your, your education and skills, gone into a new field and your income has jumped significantly. Great for self-employed people that have become employees. Okay, because generally speaking, you're trying to reinvest in your business and you may or may not have the cash flow to bolster your super. And I had a case this week where a client of mine is going to shut down his business because he was offered a ridiculous amount of money to be a salaried employee. Now, he would have the capacity to look back and say, okay, do I want to use this and why would I? I must preface by saying there are some rules that we must adhere to to be able to use this. It's not just carte blanche, go back to 2019 and start hurling in big leaks of money. The two rules that apply is you can only look back for a maximum of five years. All right, that's the first rule. The second rule is that your total super balance must be less than $500,000 in the 30 June prior to the current financial year that you make the contribution. So let's just break that down because I find a lot of people miss this one. They come into my office today and they go, I've got $520,000 and I can't do it. But what was the balance of your super at 30 June? And if we're having this conversation in May next year, does that work in your favour? So don't look at the balance the day you're making it. Remember to look at the balance at 30 June in the year prior to you making it you may be able to take advantage of that. Another strategy leaving into 30 June is to say, well, do I have the ability to start a pension, get my balance under $500,000 before 30 June, and then make a significant catch-up contribution in July in the next month? Now, surely that's being tricky, isn't it, Luke? Well, it's, it's just about being smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, nobody wants to pay any more tax than they need to. 
Um, we can all pay some. We need nice grass at Parliament House. Um, but outside of that, nobody needs to pay any more than, uh, than they, they, they really, really want to, especially when your situation is changing. And, again, it's, it's useful. This legislation is useful in many, many instances, not just to lower your taxable income because of your salary, but also, again, for people coming back into the workforce, contracting to, self em to, to employees, changing careers, having some time out because of study. It's a great way to bolster it, or uh, great for the farmers. Generally don't have a lot of taxable income, sell some assets, have some really lumpy income like they do in that, in that industry, and then say, well, oh, I haven't made a super contribution since 2019. I can throw in over 100 grand um, where people are self-employed. Uh, I used this before June last year and there was a massive saving achieved. I just want people to know that it's there because I find a lot of people come in the office, they know about the 27,500, they don't know about the look-back rules or the, the catch-up concessional legislation. So it's, it's, it's fantastic. So does it make any difference uh, when you're putting extra money into your superannuation? Does it make any difference where you get that money, where the money comes from? No, look, it, it doesn't matter where it comes from. The important thing is that you've checked your limit. Now, two ways to check what's available. Call up your super fund or the super fund that you're in in respective years because super funds you know, can get moved around and confirm your total concessional contributions. And it's important that you ask for that because if you've made a non-concessional contribution, then that doesn't count towards this threshold. But if you're not clear, some call centres and some industry funds can mislead you. Uh, the second one is it's in the MyGov system. If you've got your super tied to MyGov, they keep a record of the space that's available to you. I wouldn't blindly trust that because it is more often than not wrong because it's the reporting from the super funds that goes to the ATO and they may be um, 12 months behind. Yeah, not necessarily up to date. Correct. So, you know, take that as a guide and then check it with your respective provider mm -hmm. so that you know exactly what your number is because if you do exceed it, it, it can get ugly in relation to penalties. Um but it doesn't matter where your money comes from. You could start a pension out of your superannuation fund if you're over 60, pull out a big lick of cash and then put it back into another fund and claim 100% of that money as a tax deduction. I've always been pro-offset account. Any, any listener would know that. You could pull money out of an offset account and throw that in and claim a personal deduction at 30 June or make sure the money's cleared by 30 June. Um, so there's, there's, there's no rules around where it comes from. If you can pinch it from your girlfriend, pinch it from your boyfriend, <laughs> happy days, I'm cool with that too. Um, just make sure they don't find out. <laughs> <laughs> I think you may be speaking with your tongue in your cheek. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so no, you can you can source funds from anywhere, but it, it, it becomes very prevalent where people have sold capital assets like yeah. land or investment properties and they have additional resources prior to a tax payment being made. And that's why I generally say to people, don't sell something on the 30th of June. Don't sign a contract on the 30th of June. If you're going to sign a contract to sell something, sign it on the 1st of July. Then you've got a whole year to manage the tax. I've had a few recently where people have come and said, oh, I sold that on the 30th of June, and then I found out later that there's these catch-up rules and it cost me a ton of tax. And, you know, you, you, this is where conveyancing solicitors can really add some value to people and say, be aware of this, maybe mm -hmm. just manage the dates of the transaction. Now, if you're planning to make additional concessional contributions to your superannuation, mm. is there any particular time to do that that's beneficial? Does it matter whether it's straight after the beginning of the financial year or can it be any time during the financial year? Spot on. So two ways money goes into super. One, you make a personal deductible contribution. 
and where you have a home loan, for example, I would say to people, it would be great if you could fill up the offset account and save. That'll reduce the interest cost on your mortgage. And then you have the ability to pull the money out of the offset account and put that in, say, on the 1st of June, and then lodge your notice of intent. So if you're making a contribution with personal money, you must tell the fund, I intend to claim a tax deduction for this. Please remit the 15% tax on my behalf. The reason you need to do that is all personal contributions are assumed to be tax-free, so the notice of intent provides that notification to the fund. If your savings capacity and self-control is lacking, salary sacrifice, old school, you can go to work and say, hey, can I increase my fortnightly contributions? And that will increase what goes into super from your employer. So start of a financial year, good because it's easier to manage. Or a combination of the two. You can salary sacrifice some. You can throw some personal money in at the end of the year. As long as you do not exceed that 27,500 threshold or your total space and you submit the correct paperwork to your fund, you can you can amass your superannuation in the way that suits your cash flow best. Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio. Today we're talking about catch-up concessional contributions, the what and the how. It's about 12 minutes to five. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Eight minutes to five. It's a Friday afternoon and that means that Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio today. We're talking about catch-up concessional contributions, the what and the how. Luke, what are the key things that people need to remember when it comes to catch-up concessional contributions? Yeah, so as we touched on before the ad break, people need to remember they can only look back to 2019 and that's very, very important. Two you cannot have more than $500,000 in your super in the 30 June of the year prior to you making the contribution. So again, don't assume that just because you can't today, or you might be having this conversation with your accountant uh, or planner in May next year and say, oh, my balance is over, but it may have been under on the 30th of June, 2023. So remember that it's the 30 June of the year prior. Use it to be able to mitigate unnecessary capital gains tax if you've sold an asset. Consider using this legislation if you've had a significant increase in your remuneration or salary and you want to add additional money to super to lower your taxable income. Use this legislation if you've just returned to the workforce. Say you've been a mum or a dad out looking after young children and you've come back after a year out, for example, um, and you want to bolster your superannuation, think about using this legislation to one, catch up the money that you haven't been putting in because you were having some time out of the workforce, but to also then lower your taxable income and take advantage of money that you may have in an offset account where you could draw it out and put the money in and get a significant tax deduction. And that's a strategy that I think people should do the maths on because if you're pulling money out of your home loan at 5 or 6% and you're putting money into superannuation and saving 25 to 30% in tax, those numbers are very, very advantageous because what will happen is then you may get a significant refund in your tax return, then you can put some of that money back in your offset account and around we go again. So use the resources that are available to you. Remember that you do not need to be gainfully employed under the age of 67 to use this legislation. So if you have uh, been retired from the workforce for a couple of years and you have a significant defined benefit pension, with a large taxable component, taking some money out of other superannuation sources if you have them and adding them in to lower the tax on that 
CSS, PSS, DFRDB or MSBS pension could be very, very advantageous from a tax perspective. But I'll also preface that by saying run it past your accountant because they'll be able to look at the, the, the real sort of game theory numbers and the value to you. So don't leap out and do these things without checking. Make sure you don't exceed the thresholds. Use it to offset capital gains or to lower your taxable income or really what it was designed for to bolster your superannuation should you return to work. And if you've been self-employed and become an employee with significant remuneration, this may be a great strategy to bolster superannuation as well. So there are a range of benefits here and I just want people to be aware that it's really there for the taking within the parameters set under the legislation and very, very advantageous for a number of strategic regions. And I guess the other key point to remember is that when you are making a concessional contribution, you must also lodge your notice of intent. Yes, if you've used personal money and it's not done through your employer, no notice of intent, no tax deduction. Because when you do your tax return in July onwards for the, the year that finishes when you make your contribution, your accountant is going to ask for the confirmation communication from the super fund because when you lodge your notice of intent the super fund will write back to you and say hey leon thanks for that we'll remit the tax and your accountant will ask for that to confirm that it has been processed correctly so get your paperwork right um, it'll avoid some unnecessary tears and some missed deductions yes always read the fine print always remember to cross your eyes when you dot your t's no it's the other way around exactly right i like that you know, reversal crossing your eyes and dotting your t's well, it's about that time, Luke, when I have to say, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, office number 62604749. Phones are back up and working. They were they were down for two days, thanks were to the NBN. Wow. But they're back now, which is good. Uh, envisionfinancial.com.au on the internet. We've got the podcast, The Strategy Stack, at Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. We've got the Envision Financial Canberra YouTube channel. We've also got the Strategy Stacker on the Tiki Tocker. And all of these strategies are defined in Smart Money Strategy, your ultimate guide to financial planning available in all good bookstores, Amazon and Booktopia. Fantastic. And the book is selling rapidly. So make sure. Actually, it'd be a great Christmas gift, wouldn't it? Wonderful Christmas gift. Mm, there you go. We're at that time in the year now where we have to start thinking about Christmas. It's just over two months just, away. Just don't ask me for a Christmas album. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll try and avoid that. Luke Smith, thanks very much. See you next week. Back again in the studio at the same time next week on 2CC. It's about three minutes to five.